Hello and welcome to Open House, a property podcast focusing on the Geelong market, brought to you by Loan Market Geelong. Visit Sarah Thompson, Liz McRae and the team at Ryrie Street for all your financing needs. I'm Damien Ratcliffe and each week we bring you an expert with experience in this current Geelong market to help you buy or sell your next home and there's no one more experienced in the Geelong market than Tony Slack, who we had in season one and he's back for season two. Tony, welcome to Open House again. Thank you very much, Damien. You're always very, very glowing of endorsing me as uh, being uh, being a, a, an expert in the field. But I suppose after 31 years, you, if you don't know what you're doing by now, <laughs> you're never going to know what you're doing. Although 31 years, these would be fairly unprecedented times, wouldn't they? Without a doubt, Damien. Yeah, look, there's a, there's a lot of people, you know, I, I, my heart goes out to so many people that are really, really, really doing it tough at the moment. Um, you know, not only here in Geelong, but, you know, throughout the state and, and the country. So, yeah, it's certainly unprecedented times. And, um, you know, we just got to all stick together, look after each, uh, each one another. And um, I'm sure we'll come out uh, the other side, you know, better for this experience in the long run. So It's funny. I think we bumped into each other at an auction about eight weeks ago and, there was a limit on how many could go into the backyard to conduct the auction, and you sort of invited me in. I said, "No, that's all right. You uh, you can watch, and I'll um I'll try and watch online." They're sort of it's very different now, isn't it? It is, though. That was a really good example. That one where it was a situation of um I suppose quality over quantity when it comes to the limitations that we have on placed on us now as far as numbers that are allowed uh, through the property at any one time. We are able to do private inspections up to 20 people in the house. It's a bit like I've heard you know, a number of agents refer to it as a bit like the old nightclub days where, you know, two patrons, one patron in, two, one patron <laughs> out as, as you leave. So um, you just work within that. That was an interesting one, that auction, Damien, because that was the first uh, public auction from memory after the initial restrictions were was lifted were mm. lifted and uh, so it was by registration only and, and what I thought was really interesting with that one was there was certainly you know a lot of neighbors a lot of um, interested parties you had to register to be able to go into the backyard uh, while the auction was conducted if you hadn't registered as a as a as a participant or bidder you had to stay on the street uh, weren't actually allowed on the property itself uh, within the boundary the property and there was four groups four groups and end up being being two bidders just the two bidders so that was that was a really interesting one i know that that agent had li- originally listed that for a live stream auction mm. an online auction i should say and then when the restrictions was lifted and when we were able to conduct public on-site auctions they chose to um to do that so um yeah you know if they had their time again would they have continued along the the online platform would they have reverted it to a private sale who knows i think you know the reality was it was still a very good result Mm. for that property so and something we can talk about today if you like you know methods of sales different methods of sale as long as you've got the process right doesn't matter whether it's private sale expressions of interest auction Online auction, mm. um, as long as you've got the process right and, you know, the agent's capable, you're, you know, as a seller, as a vendor, if you're in capable hands, you can have the best method of sale. But if you're not in the, the most capable hands, yeah. your result will f- reflect that. Yeah. So, yeah, interesting. 
For anyone listening, Tony Slack buys agent and vendor advocate for Geelong Real Estate Advocates, so you can find him on all the socials. Uh, how lucky are we that Geelong hasn't gone into lockdown and how difficult was it that, that month or six weeks when we, we were shut down from conducting auctions and and private inspections became really difficult? Yeah, look, I think that... Let's look at real estate generally, how you can inspect a property. I think we're really fortunate, even like pre-COVID times. You can just walk up to a property. I mean, most agents really will only require a contact phone number from you. Some agents will insist on, um, you know, your driver's license, some proof of identity. So to be able to actually go into someone's home, you know, a stranger's home, mm. you know, you'll see the address online. All the yep. photos are there, internal photos. Yep. You drive up, go to the front door. Hi, I'm Bill Smith. My number's five triple two seven eight nine. Thanks very much. Go through. So you know, you could actually argue that the restriction. You know, they're pretty lax. You know, yep. if you really break it down, to be able to actually go into someone's home and walk through their home and perhaps look in their walk-in robe, yep. open the doors of their you know bedroom cupboards, things like that. So um, I think the restrictions, in some regard, um, worked for some vendors where they had probably more control over who came came through the property. I just touched before about, you know, quality over quantity. I think what we did see, and agents first to say this, that they were dealing with smaller numbers. There's no doubt about that. But the quality, you know, I think that's something that's forgotten. I mean, it feels great, you know, vendor puts their house on the market and has their first open for inspection and gets 50 groups of people through. And they mm. feel so great. This is wonderful. I had so many people come through. And there's a bottleneck at the end of the street, all the people, you know, driving up to, to have a look through the property. But how many real serious buyers were able to buy that property that day where they're amongst those 50 groups of people? So I've always been a believer, Damien, that, you know, quality is, is paramount of the buyer. A, a genuine buyer, if they really want to look at the property, will... Well, fitting with the vendor, fitting with the agent. And I know that's what I have to do. If I've got a client who wants to look at the property, we fit in with the vendor at a time and you know, that suits yep. them with the agent and so forth. And and that's the advantage of an agent. You're full-time doing this, so mm -hmm. you can schedule mm -hmm. any time during mm -hmm. the week to, to try and get there. Whereas yep. maybe an investor from Melbourne is hoping to jam-pack their, their Saturdays and it's, uh, it's a bit harder than that. Spot on. That's the thing. I think ease of... Ease of inspections, you know, buyers like to try and get it to as many, you know, you've not long been, you know, a buyer in the market, Damien, and you know what, it's like, know what it's like, you know. Sometimes you're playing chasey with the agent, you know, you, you run later at one property and you get to the next one and, oh, I'm sorry, oh, I've got to get to my next open for inspection, yeah. you know, in three minutes, you know, you, you can only spend a minute looking through, hurry up, quick, I've got to go. So, you know, you can play chasey with the agents often. Um, you know, I, when I back when I was, I was you know, selling, um I often used to say to vendors, look, you know, I don't care how long I spend at the property. If they're an A-grade buyer that's able to buy your home today, um, I don't care how long I'm here with them because, you know, hopefully it's going to end in a, you know, a great result for you, the amount of time that we can spend here and building rapport, you know, um, with, that, with that buyer and, um, and obviously displaying the benefits of, um, of your property over something else. So, look, you just work, work within what you're able to do um, whether it be, you know, obviously we're talking about 
the times we're working in at the moment and to answer your question in regards to you know being fortunate that we don't have our, the restrictions placed on us as, as our um, neighbours in Melbourne have it certainly does make you know it just gives us more flexibility with access to properties so yeah it does help posted a photo on the weekend being able to negotiate after auction is is it harder for for buyers to get unconditional finance now and without a doubt yeah yep without a doubt damien i don't mind telling you this mm-hmm. the, the the clients that i purchased that property for on saturday uh were unsuccessful on a property about a month ago uh it was a private sale situation it was it was queen's birthday weekend whenever that was and so we were negotiating with two other parties on that property and private sale and we were the highest offer monetary wise mm-hmm. okay so the agent was quite clear and upfront with us in that regard which we appreciated saying that right here right now you know you've, you've got your, your, your nose over the line so to speak because your price is clearly over and above the other offers however Tony your clients requiring the five-day finance clause now five days pretty slim because I've heard you know there's been blowouts of up to you know I've heard 28 days and, and sometimes beyond that for finance approval so we we our my client tried to endeavor to contact their broker over the the long weekend um, and weren't able to contact uh, him so you know our hands were tied they said we cannot sign a contract and and fair enough the agent was wanting us to to put pen to paper that day the saturday which is fair enough absolutely we had no objection in doing that uh however we just couldn't sign the the contract unconditionally and another party offering less money were able to sign a contract saturday afternoon unconditionally Mm. and so they got the property yeah and once again the agent did everything right absolutely you know wanted to get the best result for their client sometimes the the highest price you know doesn't always win Mm -hmm. and you know conditions you know are a major factor um in a a vendor's decision to to give you the nod over someone else so they the agent they they did a great job the selling agent did a really really good job and and we just said we can't do any more than that right here right now um and ultimately at the end of the day it's always up to the vendor really is they 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 say yay or no to anything so um so on you know, the weekend well. you, you go to the auction crossing <laughs> your fingers it gets passed in basically uh, uh well yeah well no we so we, once again this is all part of the process and and i think that you know to my cr- client's credit and to their broker's credit as well uh they realized hey you know they're, they're going to be at the back of the queue they wanted to get to the front of the queue the type of property that they were after they realized that um you know short supply and obviously high demand the type of property where they wanted to be and we're talking character home character home spot on great in suburb it, correct yep. yep renovated preferably move in put their feet up price point you know 800 through to to 900 or you know 750 through to 900,000 um so yeah very hard to to come by those type of properties in good in a suburb so you know they realize yep we really have to get ourselves in a position where not only we can buy at auction unconditionally but if we see something that is a private sale we can we can um we can we can purchase unconditionally no subject to any uh, any condition so yeah that was a good one that was that was one that surprised me once again a little bit you you just you're constantly surprised um you try and anticipate 
where the property sits in the market price-wise. You try and anticipate who your likely competition will where your likely competition will come from. I.e., you know, demographics, owner occupiers, yeah. families, downsizers, investors, and uh, I, I was somewhat a little surprised I didn't have a bit more competition. Yeah. But it works the other way too. Sometimes I think of property, I think, gee, you know, I'd be surprised if we had a lot of competition. Um, ironically, another property we missed out, same clients, we missed out on um, about five weeks ago, six weeks ago, there were seven people all offering uh, on that property, that particular property, um, five of which were over the top of the price guide. Yeah, right. So it shows you, you know, it, it, did I think initially that would have had... Five people over the top of the guide offering? No way. Mm. So you know, you, you, it's hard to pick sometimes. Yeah. And that was in the middle of, of, of lockdown. That was yep. in the middle of the um, restrictions. So, um, yeah, so yeah. Yeah, I had a friend text me on the weekend who uh, who was going to an auction and he said, what do you think? I said, mate, if you got unconditional, just make sure you bid because there'll probably be people waiting after the auction that might not have unconditional. So you're in the box seat if you can bid and he ended up successfully picking up that property so one of our most popular podcasts has been <laughs> unconditional is king i could not agree agree more and and look that's where damien it comes down to obviously your ability to be able to provide your broker or bank with as much information as soon as you possibly can and you know work with them i think the the, the best brokers are the ones that understand the real estate market and I'm not here to, you know, criticise brokers. I mean, they've got a job to do and they've got to err on the side of caution and be, you know, very careful. I understand that and I, and I get that. But if you've got a broker that actually understands, you know, the machinations of, of real estate, what you need to do to, to be successful in buying, and particularly, you know, their particular client, what they're looking at buying, the nature of the property, perhaps the way that it will be marketed for mm-hmm. sale, and the likelihood of, you know, there being other competition for that property is no different than myself. They sh- they need to be able to advise their client accordingly, as I said, to get them to the front of the queue, yeah, not remain at the back of the queue. So I think that you know, there's a, we all play our role really at the end of the day to be able to get our clients, whether that be a you know. Uh, any professional that you use in the in the process in the buying process from you know everyone through from your accountant your solicitor conveyancer your mortgage broker your building inspector you know everyone there they've got their role to play to try and give their client the best chance of, of mm-hmm. success and you know and look at and put everything into perspective just like building inspectors as well you know mm-hmm. like they they understand it too that you know when they go out and they're wanting to try and you know if you've got a, a you know a conditional on a building inspection you know the building inspectors have got you know an obligation to put things into perspective as well and that's why yeah you good building inspectors who have a good understanding just like your mortgage brokers just like your your um your accountants perhaps to a lesser degree you know solicitors conveyances if they understand the process and and, you know got their finger on the pulse in regards to the market the current market Mm -hmm. you're going to be well served to get the best advice and um and just you know talking about broke um Building, uh, building, building inspectors, you know, they've got to put things into perspective, not just go out and be a fault finder and go, there's my yeah. report, just, you know, there's 200 defects, good luck, all the best with it. You know, go further and, and explain, yeah, okay, look, there's a few things with this property, but you know what, we can work through this, you know, because they're there to not only just be a fault finder, they're trying to get their client who's engaged them the front of the queue. 
you know yeah a rotting weatherboard you're going to find that in the half you know half the weatherboard houses in geelong anyway aren't you so it's not the end of the world damien spot on but unfortunately and i do see this where they get the wrong advice Mm. they get the wrong advice and it costs them a really good property yeah yeah first home buyers are really scared about buying a house that might have a little defect and correct mm. and what they'll do damien often is they'll take an improportionate amount of money off it based on the building report yeah and then go well we want a discount that's our offer now based on our building report well it isn't going to happen because the prop someone's going to pay more than that they're not going to discount it by 20 grand because it's got a few rotting weatherboards this doesn't work that way yeah exactly so getting the right advice from everybody is just crucial now, there was an article in the media this week about the pros and cons for buyers and sellers in this market. So I thought we might go through it because it sort of it seems like it's a buyer's market, but not necessarily everywhere, every suburb is a buyer's market. There's still great, great suburbs where the good properties are selling for competition. But some of the pros for buyers at the moment, there are bargain buyers out there. Look, I think it's like any market. Damien, and let's just be specific to Geelong market, but a bargain comes in all, you know, different forms, okay? The most obvious one is if it's a bargain, normally a bargain is associated to something that no one else wanted, okay? Um, and that's a risk, isn't and it? And that's a risk. Yeah. Do you, I'm a great believer, you want to buy a property, let's just talk, you know, let's just really stick to property. You want to buy a property that other people want. Exactly. Right? You, yep. you, you never want to buy a property no one else wants, all right? Mm-hmm. And they're normally associated to bargains. Bargain being is, hey, we got a bargain, and guess why we got a bargain? Because no one else wanted it. Yeah. So, um, and then that you can break that down as well again. Is there something relating to the property that doesn't make it as appealing to the wider, broader marketplace at that particular time? It just might be might, the obvious one, location, but it might have an inferior floor plan. Yeah. It might have, a, you know, you just go, this place is going to take a lot to change to make it, you know, a lot more user-friendly. Yeah. And so you're eliminating a lot of your, your market yeah. for that reason. So ultimately, at the end of the day, it always comes down to price. Nearly always comes yeah. down to price. So so whether, it, yeah, COVID during the, the current climate, um, other times of years, you know, there, there'll be bargains around, but normally they're associated with the properties that no one else wants, regardless of the yeah. climate. Yeah. yeah, there's certainly less competition from investors. We've seen uh, reports from ANZ that uh, lending for first home buyers is certainly at an all-time high, but investors are sort of holding on to their money at the moment, so we can't dispute that. Off stock, uh, off market stock, you'd probably have a good guide on this. Is there are there more properties selling off market at the moment? Can I answer that question in a minute? Because I'd just like to wind back to about investors in the mm-hmm. marketplace and just give you a little, just one example, Damien, just one example of why we're possibly seeing less investors in the marketplace. I had a client now, I'd be, I had bid for them uh, back in actually late last year and early this year. We'd been very active. Um, we were the under, the immediate underbidder on, on two properties. And we and on each of those occasions, we went to a level that we thought we would have been right. And I suppose you could argue that we got unlucky on the day. And so I contacted them when we first went in, um, you know, yep, late March when 
when uh, COVID starts to uh, come into play, I contacted, as I do all my clients regularly, and said, look, you know, where are we at? We're still on, on track. We need to change our budget. We need to change our criteria. What do we need to do? Anyway, no, no, Tony, this particular investor, investor, no, we're all still good. Yep, no problems. Nothing's changed. Yep, let's keep going. Full steam ahead. Two weeks later, I get a call from him. I'm going to tell you his name. He said, oh, Tony, he said, um, our accountants told us just to put everything on hold. I said, really? Really? Everything on hold? I said, the first question I said, Damien, was asked was, has your position changed? Like, mm. oh, I'm so sorry if that has been the case, you know, your work, yeah. your wife's family situation. I'm so sorry if that has been the case. Oh, no, 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 nothing. No, no that hasn't. That's, you know, if anything, we've been busier. Everything's fine, Tony. He's just said not to buy. I said, well, why? What, what, for, under what basis? Oh, he just feels that it's a bad time. Yeah, I'll ask the question again. Un, you know, under what basis is he making this recommendation for you not to do anything? I didn't really ask him. <laughs> so uh, you just got to be very, very careful. Um, you know, a, a, a highly regarded real estate agent continually talks about you know, taking advice from people that don't have to live with the consequences. And I think you have to be really careful. You know, taking advice from people that, you know, perhaps aren't qualified to give you that, that advice. I don't give, go around giving accounting advice because I've got no idea. You yeah. know, that's what I paid my accountant to do, give me advice about accounting. Yeah. So I think you've got to be very, very careful taking advice from, you know, people that aren't qualified to give you that advice. And especially their own personal circumstances had to mm. change. I get it. If their circumstances, absolutely, yes, let's err on the side of caution. Yeah. Let's, be, let's be very, very careful. Um, but to make an ast- just an statement, don't buy. It's yeah. a bad time to buy, and then not not back it up with any anecdotal proof. Yeah, potentially yeah. banks are making it harder for investors oh, yeah. at the moment. If yeah. you've already got an investment property, they're yep. they're scrutinising cash flow mm-hmm. and whether you can afford that yep. second off off market off stock. Market. Are you yep. getting much? Yeah. Well, look, <laughs> once again, agents and and I get this knowing exactly. You know, putting myself in sales agent shoes, all right, as I was for 23 years. You you do often live and die by your your presence in the marketplace, okay? Um, you know, your promotion, especially these days of social media. If, you, if you're consistently selling off market or not, you know, having some level of, of profile out there, um, you know, you could, you, you're not... You're going to come off the shopping list maybe pretty quickly. Mm. So I'm, I'm certainly... Don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm all for... Promoting, promoting uh, vendors' properties to sell. I'm, I'm the first one to say, if you you know can't sell a secret, you, you you want to do everything you possibly can to promote your property and and you know be as far reaching you know to the, to the market as you possibly can. Do everything you, you know within your means to to let everybody know that your property is available to sell. But then there will be those vendors, those sales that just you know for one reason or another might be personal situation with the vendor that no look we prefer an on-off-market sale and i get that and i suppose it's opportunistic from some agents perhaps to think you know what perhaps um you know i'm going to have we talk about quality over quantity perhaps i'm going to have more success with this property by going to my a-grade buyers Mm. and that purely comes down to the type of property as well not purely i'm sure it's as equally as important as the reason why the vendor would sell off market as it is the nature of the property 
why you wouldn't take it to market if that yeah. make, if that makes sense. So, yeah. I well, will, potentially the situation on the weekend, your clients have missed out on yep. a few. Yep, an agent. Here's of a yep. property that's coming yep. on, knows good, that you've got buyers good ready example. to go. Good example of that. Yes, yep. agent rang me last week, absolutely, and said, Tony, I've got this property coming to market, builder's own home, still got a little bit of work to, to do before it's actually ready to photograph. They would be more than happy for you to bring through any one of your clients as it is at the minute. Yep. They will finish the work, but they would be confident enough to be able to show you or your client and your client the way that it is at the moment because it's pretty much really just you know window dressing the rest of the work yeah needed to be done so um yeah you know i'm, I'm seeing i wouldn't necessarily damien say more off-market opportunities yep. i think it just comes down to the the agents knowing hey listen you know whether it's me whether it's another buyer's agent whether it's a good buying client purchasing client if they feel you know what i think that i'd be doing the best thing by my vendor <laughs> If they truly hand on heart, doing the best thing by my vendor in recommending I get this person through my property, this potential buyer through my property, I think that um, they owe it to owe it to their vendor to to give them that opportunity. So, or if they think you know, just as as it's important to um, to market the property, they should say be able to say to their vendor, look, you know, I could probably get someone through off market, and we could sell it all on the quiet. But do they, within their heart of hearts, really feel that that's the best? way of getting the best result or best recommendation to get the best result for their vendor um they're going to recommend the best way i'd like to think they recommend the best way to get the best result but yeah interesting that it says that you know more off markets once again some markets damien that might 100 percent be the case not necessarily the case in geelong right now correct Cons for buyers, uh, stock levels. Are stock levels low? Are they coming back? They certainly were low at one stage. Yep, yep, absolutely low, really low, especially for, you know, we we often, we talk about, you know, our A graders and our B graders, um, you know, and and let's look at basic principles of supply and demand. Where where is majority of your, um, you know, higher demand locations, i.e., inner city, middle ring, coastal, you know, those properties that don't ever have a great amount of supply Mm -hmm. where you look at and say, well, okay, for every property that's available, I'm sure most agents look at this and do this. Well, no, I used to do. You you, you look and you go, well, right here, right now, I've got X amount of buyers for this type of home. How many homes are there like this at the moment? Zero, vice versa. I've got, you know, only one buyer for this type of property. How many properties could I show them? Well, I've got three or four I could show this buyer because, I, you know, they're spoilt for choice. So it does, it, it comes down to, you know, simple supply and, and demands. Some marketplaces, obviously, there's a far greater demand. Mm-hmm. And put simply, you know, there's more people wanting to move into those areas than there are wanting to move out. So, yeah. you know, bit of a, you know, golden rule of real estate, why sell good real estate? That's normally if you don't have to Mm. and um you know by and large real estate still should be looked at as a you know a long-term investment and that's why if you can most people do say well okay i'm prepared to hang on Mm. and low stock levels i think is holding up prices at the moment if if we had a large amount of stock on well as you said supply and demand there'd be an oversupply and we'd probably see prices drop but we haven't really seen that yet other cons for buyers time consuming search uh 
due to open for inspection bans. We've already spoken about that. If you get an agent who who does this uh, full time, they'll be able to find the time to to go and inspect properties for you. Quality properties may have a lot of competition. We've spoken about mm-hmm. that too. The good properties are selling well, and and you mentioned that property that had five offers over the top asking range, and and that's what we're sort of talking about with those A grade properties. And the other con for buyers is loan approvals are taking longer, and we've spoken a little bit about that. Let's talk about sellers. Very little competing stock makes properties stand out on the market. Comes back to what I was saying about marketing off markets and uh, promoting your property once again. You know the advice that agents and look, I'm you know, I'm in the fortunate position, Damien. Where you know I, I speak to you know many agents on a regular basis. I look at different methods of sale. I look you know that are handled by agents. And, and here you go. Here's here's the, a really good example of that. Sorry to keep coming back to the clients that that I purchased for on uh, on Saturday after auction. But they were unsuccessful on a couple of properties over the last few months. And ironically, the very first one that they bid on was an online auction. Mm -hmm. And that was around the end of March, okay? They missed that by three and a half thousand. And so, you know, a pretty well ran campaign and they fell a little bit short, all right? Went over and above what thought would have to well, well actually it was on the market for it was 50 odd thousand dollars under what we paid when it was actually announced on the market like sure. selling going to be sold so they you know they looked at that sat them back and said okay readjust where we perhaps need to be to, to be able to be successful for a property we realize what we're after is is going to be after we're not going to be the only one buying that looking at buying that type of property but we we look at you know the different. Then we went to a a, um, a private sale situation where we missed by a thousand dollars, and that was a really well handled process. I felt by that agent who was prepared to give us a bit of time. All right, but a bit of time, which ended up netting her vendor tens of thousand dollars more for that very reason. There was no great urgency. Tony, you need to give it back to me in half an hour like the next one that we missed. Mm-hmm. There was a sense of urgency. Did I agree with the process? Perhaps not. But what can you do about it? So that's where, you know, dare I say it, your choice of agent, your method of sale, mentioned it earlier. The best method of sale in the world, but if you don't have a really good practitioner and a good operator, knowing exactly how it should, it should be ran, yeah. the result will be in line with with that okay so um your choice of agent don't underestimate your choice of agent in these times specifically in these times giving you the best best advice and guidance because you've at the end of the day that's who you look to your agent Mm. let's face it damien vendors aren't doing this you know week in week out yep some vendors might be the first time they've ever sold a property so you know, the advice that you get on the process, how we should go about doing this to give ourselves the very best chance of getting the best result, 
not only the highest price, but, mm. you know, we don't want to be sit- sitting here in four weeks' time not knowing whether we've got finance or not, the buyers have got finance or not, and then, you know, in the fifth week we find out, no, they haven't got their finance and we're back to square one again. So, yep. so you know, it's it's so important for vendors to to get the right advice, you know, employ the right agent, the best agent, get the best method of sale specific to them and their property, mm-hmm. And make sure that the agent does exactly what they um, they set out to. Yeah, I, I'd encourage out. any sellers out there to go back and to listen to my podcast with Ricky Fort two episodes ago about pricing a property. Because if you do overprice it in this market, you'll have buyers that won't turn up. And if you price it sharply, you can have as as you said forty and fifty buyers through, and you get that competition, and that will automatically get you a better result if you've got the right property. Uh, Some of the other pros for sellers in this market, buyers are still out there and we spoke about, and prices are not expected to completely crash during the pandemic. And that's, I guess, low stock levels. Low stock levels, there's plenty of buyers out there, especially first home buyers. And is it that price range, you know, under a million dollars, that there's a lot of buyers in that range still out there looking for properties? I mean, without a doubt, there is. And that's what I'm seeing. Look, and as I said right from the start of the show, that I think that there's people that are really doing it tough, really hurting, and yeah. and, and that's it's just so unfortunate. And, and there will be people, unfortunately, that will need to sell. They won't have a choice. They will need to sell their property. And you know, there will be buyers that perhaps are presented with an opportunity that they may not have been able to um, act upon if it wasn't, dare I say it, for the misfortune of of, of someone. And, that, and that's a terrible, terrible reality. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it, it, it's terrible. It comes back to your ability to be able to buy a property, getting the okay from the bank, your financial. You could argue, Damien, you could argue that, you know, when is the right time to buy or sell? Like, and, and, and that purely comes down to everybody's own personal circumstances. We don't have a crystal ball. We don't know what's around the corner. No, no, no one does. No. You could say no time's the best time to buy. You could say that now's, you know, any time's the best time to buy. Yeah. And that often rings true. You know, I've seen some people purchase a property and six months later they go, oh my goodness, you know, like heavens, we just, you know, we perhaps just rushed into this, probably should, should have thought it through a little bit more. And I've had, you know, plenty that have said we should have done this two years ago, three years ago, but we just procrastinated and procrastinated and, you know. Well, your investor so, story is really interesting, the fact yeah, that he was ready to yeah, go and he pulled yeah, out and right. and maybe he thought yeah. that, you know, banks are offering holidays for those that are doing it a bit tough at the moment and that was going to end in September. Maybe he thought, well, come September, there's going to be all these houses defaulting and I'll get the chance. Well, holidays are now extending to March. So so he, he might have missed the boat now or he might be waiting until March and, and that might get pushed back again. So I mean, that I am certain that that's what he thought. Yeah. That yes, well, there were all these fire sales, these distressed sales because people have lost their jobs, can't pay their mortgages, banks taken over. Yep, Mr. Client, hold off until, you know, the end of the year. Um, when you'll have far more choice to go out there and pick over all these properties there, and yeah, so the government is not going to let house correct. prices crash because our economy agree. is built on house prices. Now the cons for sellers at the moment: 
lo- uh, less likely to get runaway results because of the auction ban. What do you think about that comment? Once again, back to look. There's no doubt that what, what we saw uh, at the start of the year is that the yeah the supply and demand. We we had probably some pent up demand because of. And I had clients myself who missed out at the end of 2019, all right? So, you know, I woke up 1st of, of um, January 2020 and said, we are going to buy a home sooner than later, okay? We want to try and, you know, get in, settle, whether it be, you know, get the kids into the, the new school, the start of the term one, whatever. It, it, they were really keen because of the fact that they'd gone through, you know, summer, Christmas, you know, still looking at realestate.com, not seeing anything because traditionally that's, you know, the time of year where most agents take a holiday, a break. Most vendors don't normally put their homes on the market until at least, you know, mid to late January. So what we saw is this pent-up demand, where is that there hadn't been anything available for the last month, six weeks because of the time of year. Then there was new players in the market, new buyers in the market. So it was being added to the existing buyers in the marketplace. The, the spillover from 2019, if that makes sense. So so what we saw is, yep, vast majority of agents were going, let's just put it to auction. It was impossible to buy something before auction because the agents were just saying, Tony, see an auction day, see yeah. an auction day, see an auction day, see an auction day. What about an offer of this? Surely this is going to get it off the market today. No, look, you know, that'll well and truly probably buy it at auction, but you know what, you know, we've got all these buyers and we've sent out all these contracts and... And so I get that. I understand that. Yeah, yeah. It was so, a busy few months to start busy, the year, wasn't it? Sure, January, February. It certainly was. So, you know, if if I was a vendor, if I was selling my own property, I would have done exactly the same thing and said, "Hey, I know that there's there's far more many buyers for my property than there are properties like mine for sale. So why wouldn't you have done that? Absolutely. So, uh, I think that that's you know, like anything, um, you can you can be lucky. Right by right time, mm-hmm. and um, you know the stars align, and, and you know that. But that you could you could argue that middle of winter as well, where you know, quite often you hear people say, "Oh, you know, why would you sell in winter?" Well, well, you're always better off to sell in isolation, whereas you're the only one house available for sale. And and let's face it, you know, you yeah. know that buyers, you and me have spoken about this before. Buyers buy when they're ready to buy. Yep. They don't wake up and stick their head out the window and go, oh, my goodness, it's only 12 degrees and it's raining. I'm not going to out looking at houses today. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's – it really – it is. You probably it's, go uh, to auctions thinking it's raining beauty. Less beauty. competition that's for me. Well, I mean, that, we, we may laugh about that, but often that is a reality. Absolutely, yeah. It's like with vendors that go, oh, why do I sell my house now? Because, you know, um, it's middle of winter. Why, why on earth would I do that? But once again – your own personal circumstances, and um, you know, I, I still believe that you, there are some homes. Yes, they have more appeal in the warmer months of the year. I get that. I understand that. Those homes that rely on a lot of natural light, they might, perhaps might be, you know, um, their aspect, their orientation doesn't get a lot of, you know, winter sun. So I get that. Um, I've had this discussion with clients. During this period of winter, turn all the lights off in the house and see how bright it is. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did it, Tony. Oh my goodness, how dark! It was a dark house. So, so I get that. You know, uh, middle of middle of summer, you know, you don't need a lights house like that. But middle of winter, you do. So, you know, I get that. I I, I really do. So, um, but when it comes back to the end of the day, 
Vendor's choice, just like it is with buyer's choice. So. Now, this story says another con for sellers is they can expect fewer offers on the table. We've spoken about that already. The good properties will still get offers on the table. It depends what your property is and the supply in that market. Uh, properties will be occupied by multiple private inspections and uncertainty about future lockdown restrictions. Well, Geelong's lucky for now, but there is mm. potential that Geelong might get locked down soon and that might cause a bit of uncertainty. Yeah, without a doubt. Look, I think that um, you've got to look at, I mentioned about isolation, each property. I think each property, if anything, you know, it will make agents look at each property on its merits do I have access? What type, you know, is the property tenanted? Do I have not only, you know, COVID restrictions placed upon me, but also limitations on access, respecting the tenant's rights? Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm saying. Each property on its merits, well thought out plan, not a one size fits all approach like some, dare I say, some agents have that approach regardless of where the property is, who occupies it, what price point, let's just go with this method. It works. Trust me. I don't subscribe to that. Yep. Every property realistically is unique. Mm-hmm. Every buyer is unique. Every buyer has a different budget, Damien. You saw this yourself when you were out there looking yep. to buy. There can be a vast difference between financial difference between two, three buyers. So, you know, comes back to method process understanding what you need to do as a selling agent just like a buyer as well you have to understand the workings of the process understand who your competition is understand what you're looking for what's important to you what's your criteria what are the things you're prepared to compromise on the most be flexible all you know all those things and um you know, it's you can't be that rigid in your in your approach as a as a vendor, as a as a buyer, as a real estate agent, as an advocate. I know all the time. You know, I'm having to 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 give clients, you know, the advice based on their own personal situation, whether it's investor, whether it's owner occupiers, regardless of their budget. I have to try and tailor everything specific to to them. Now, this has been one of our longer podcasts, but time flies when you're having fun, Tony, and there's a wealth of knowledge in this podcast so far. Just last one from me, um, home builder, there's about six months to go. First home buyers would be tempted by 20 grand plus another 25 grand if they want to build their home. What sort of interest have you seen there? And is it something you would necessarily recommend? Good question, Damien. Uh, Save the best till last. Indeed, you do. As a rule, I don't do a lot of stuff, new house stuff. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I I think you've got to be very careful of. It's like you know, any type of grant, free money. There's going to be beneficiaries from that. Is that does it necessarily mean it's a saving to the consumer? That's pretty much what I'll how I'll answer that question. Look at how you feel it will benefit you that grant or is it or is it probably more going to benefit perhaps other people i'll finish on that note be be, be very careful 
basing your decision purely on a grant or or free money. And what we've spoken about today is supply and demand. And there is a risk buying in those estates that there's an oversupply and you're going to be waiting a long time for capital growth for that area to get built up. If you can find the right block of land in the right location or you're wanting to do an extension to your house, it might be the right option for you. But location, location, location is key. Couldn't have said it better myself, Damien. Tony, Slack, Geelong Real Estate Advocates. You'll be able to find him everywhere. Thanks for joining me on Open House. Thanks very much, Damien. Always good to chat. Thanks for tuning in to Open House. We've got more coming your way. Give us a follow on Instagram at Open House Podcast and on Facebook. And please remember, all advice is general in nature. If you are looking to purchase a home or sell a home, please seek professional advice.